Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, fiduciary, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and I'm honored to be your host for the next 30 minutes as we finish this month-long series on how to retire and stay retired. You know, many people are looking forward to that retirement stage, but they're not quite sure if they can take that step over. And that's why it's so important that we slow down enough and we look at what we need to evaluate. And today what I want to focus is on our investments because we kind of skipped over that pretty quickly, probably because I'm so used to talking about it. And if you've been listening to me for over 20 years, you know I love to talk about investments. But I want to slow down and answer two key questions when it comes to preparing for retirement and looking at your investments, what to be looking for. But before we jump in and do that, the first thing I want to do is do a very quick recap. And if you'd like to hear more of it, you want to go more in depth on it, well, just go to our YouTube channel if you're not already there. And you can also go to crystalclearfinances.com and you'll see that or you'll hear it on our website. So let's talk about what did we cover for the month of October? Well, the very first thing that we talked about is, hey, if you're getting ready for retirement, you got to know what you need to live on. What's your budget? You know, the budget or your cash flow needs at the beginning of 2022, uh, they're probably pretty different than what they are today because inflation has taken over. And that's an important concept to understand because a lot of times what people will do is they'll look at, oh, this is what I need. They'll look at what their investments are. They divide it into them and they say, oh, I'm good for 20 years. Okay, probably not the best way of planning on that because have we even figured in what the cost of living is? Remember, when we retire, we want to be able to retire at the same standard of living we're at today, except for adjusted for inflation that lasts throughout retirement. So we've got to make the right calculations. So the very first step, find out what does it take for you to live on. We need to know that number. Then the second thing we talked about during the month of October was, hey, what's in your investment basket? What's in there? We need to take inventory. I'm always reminded, remember that story of the widow where she had the boys, her husband had died and she, the boys were going to be taken away. And so she went to the prophet and said, hey, what do I do? I, I, I need to be able to make a living. And the first thing he said is, what do you have? And that's what we do when it looks at, we look at your investments and say, what do you have? It's not good, bad, ugly. We just need a starting point. And so the very next thing you would do after figuring out, oh, this is what I need to live on is, well, of course, you're going to find out, well, what do you have in there? List them all down on a piece of paper, even if you don't understand what it is that you have, which... No judgment here because many people are like, I got something. I think I'm supposed to have it. I have no clue what it is. And that's okay. You're stepping in the right direction that it can be something that we can sit down together and go over. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So once you know what you need to live on, 
And once you've identified, hey, this is what investments I have, then the next thing you need to do is say, well, what's going to be sent to me on a monthly basis? What mailbox money is coming to me? Now, I know that shows my age, right? Well, we used to have to go to the mailbox and pull it out and there was the check and you drive to the bank and deposit it. Now we just need to look in our bank account and see what's directly deposited to you. Well, what is it? I know we talked about the fact that there should be some type of social security, which is a form of an annuity because it's backed by the government. Then maybe, maybe you're one of the lucky ones that has a pension, which is another form of annuity. And then maybe, just maybe you've worked with a financial advisor and you've put together an annuity of your own. That's an asset backed annuity with a company that has a very strong rating. Why is that important that we spent time talking about that during our month of October or that I'm asking you to write that down on your checklist? Well, annuities provide an income stream and when structured properly, they can provide an income stream for your life and for the life of your spouse. So that gives us an idea of, okay, what are those regular paychecks per se that are going to come in? When we look to see what's going to come in and you look to see what your income needs are, if there's a difference, it doesn't mean that you can't retire. So hold on, relax. (laughs) What it just means is, do you have enough in that bucket of investments over here that can make up the difference? And if the answer is yes, if you've sat down with your advisor and they've shown you a way where monthly they're going to send you income, Woohoo! That means you may be ready to go in and have that conversation with your boss. Tell them, hey, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure or maybe not. If not, probably wouldn't mention that. But we talked about going in and the steps you need to take. I would strongly encourage you to go back and watch that YouTube video that we did. Because when you meet with your employer, there's a lot of questions about that. Like, what do I say? Do I just say, hey, bye, and then I'm gone? And how much notice do I give? We went through a little checklist that you can use so you can know what to ask HR about sick pay, vacation pay. How do you roll over your 401k? Do you want to roll over your 401k? How much notice do they require? A lot of different areas. Are they going to continue health insurance on you depending on your age, depending on what contract you worked under? So there's a lot of information there that when it's finally time, you've done the numbers, then you know, this is what I'm going to say to my employer. Now, during this month of October, we also talked about the fact that there are the investments in that bucket that need to now supplement. So you've said goodbye to your employer, your home, you've maybe turned on social security because we briefly talked about that as well. Now, how do you pull the investments out? How does that actually work? We're gonna talk about that in probably two minutes. So just hang in there with me. But before we get there, I wanna talk about something that happens once you do retire. And I'm not talking about the money that's coming to you. I'm talking about what we spoke about last week when we talked about the five stages of retirement. I'm not going to go as in-depth with them this day. I am going to take a separate radio program, separate YouTube series to just do it simply on those five stages because it's so critical that we understand. Because, of course, once you retire and you go to your boss and you're like, 
adios, I am out of here, and you're excited, there's that honeymoon phase, right? Everything's good no matter what's happening. The sky is, is not falling, the sun is shining, and you are at peace with the world. That's the first phase. And then you get into this rest and relaxation phase. The honey-do list has been done. Things you've been wanting to do for years and years is finally completed. And after that rest and relaxation phase, well, then when you look at it, it says, okay, I'm not too happy with life because, like, what am I supposed to do now? Everything is done. I did my checklist. I... I don't really have a purpose. And the friends I used to hang out with and complain at work that we hated that we had to be at work, well, I'm not even connected to them anymore. So that disenchantment phase is a very critical stage that retirees find themselves in. And if they get stuck in that stage and they're not able to finish out the last two phases, then they lose motivation. And then suddenly they're sick. Suddenly they're not seeing people and then they pass away. So it's a very critical one. We need to stay engaged in life. And that's actually what the next step is. When we talk about it, we begin to reorient ourselves to the new season in life. And isn't life like that? Life is just all these different seasons that we go through. You know, we have our raising our children season. Yes, I will assure you this too shall pass. <laughs> they become teenagers. And now let me assure you again, <laughs> that too shall pass. They actually become adults that you enjoy being with. And then they have children and then you get to be grandma or grandpa. It's all seasons in life. And if we cannot hold so tightly on a season in our life that we don't let go because we're afraid of the new seasons and that's what happens. So we've got to transition once we know we've done our homework with retirement that we can reorient to a new season in life. And then we go into a retirement routine. That's the routine of, yep, I know what I do. I have purpose. I'm happy with life. I'm going to be a grandma, grandpa, or maybe I'm going to volunteer. Whatever the case is, you define it. It's your life. So I would encourage you, even though the rest of our time today, when we get back from the break, we're going to be talking about, hey, let's talk about the investments and how they're going to feed you and how they're going to make up the difference between what you're receiving in Social Security and pensions and annuities. We'll talk about that, but just also keep in the very back of your mind hey, wait a minute, I've got to watch myself transition through this. I've got a client right now, just retired about six months ago, met with him the other day. I said, how you doing? He's like, everything's awesome. This is what I would hope it'd be. It'd be better. So in my mind, you know what I wrote down, right? Honeymoon phase. So next time I see them in six months, it's going to be like, okay, rest and relaxation. And some people are longer through a phase than another, just like the stock market. Sometimes it goes through phases and cycles very quickly. Other times, like this year, it's just dragging. So either way, I'm just alert to that. And I would encourage you, whether you're in retirement or you have someone you love that's in retirement, notice what season they're in, what cycle of that, those five stages. Just make a little mental note and kind of nudge them through gently to make sure they get through that one, re two re reorientation. And with that, we're going to take a quick 60 second break. And then we'll be back with more crystal clear finances. Do you want to retire and stay retired? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. 
Retiring isn't dependent upon an age. It's based upon what your cash flow will allow and how long it will last. Knowing what you need compared to what you'll receive from Social Security and pensions can show you if your investments can create the cash flow needed to make up the difference. Learning how to properly position your assets now so they can be used as income later during retirement is key. Gain the confidence needed so that you can retire and stay retired. Learn the steps by calling Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. I so enjoy being able to talk to you each and every Saturday morning. It's hard to believe that it's been over 20 years but it has been something that I feel is so important so that we can live and give in the way that God's called us. How can we have confidence for every financial decision if we don't have the training and the tools needed? And hopefully that's what you're finding today. Now, I wanna spend the rest of our time today focusing on investments, specifically, okay, I'm gonna retire, Crystal. I found out that there is a difference between what's gonna come in the front door and what I need to go out the back door and I'm gonna need my investments to make up the difference, how do I do that? Well, I believe there's two things. First of all, you need to understand what the role is or what the purpose is for each of the investments in your portfolio. I know, they're all just listed on a piece of paper. They're all in your bucket, your basket, your tank, whatever you wanna call it, your yellow tank, they're all there but they all have different purposes and they all have different rules and regulations that go with them. So it's very important and that's what we're gonna go through describing each one of these types of investments so that we can understand, okay, I understand how stocks, bonds, mutual funds, how they work so that you can be working with your advisor to say, okay, well, to me, gathering stocks, 100 shares of stocks of 10 different companies was very important to me while I was in my accumulation years. But now that I'm in my uh, distribution years, what do I do with it? So we want to identify the purpose on each one. And then we want to understand the second thing is, how do I use them, use my investments efficiently? See, we can have a lot of investments and if we use them incorrectly or we don't position them correctly, they become lazy money or we use them more than we should, then we could run out of investments before we run out of retirement. And you know what? That's a real possibility in today's age because you think about it, when you think about the cost of living keeps going up, we've gotta be careful with uh, the resources that we have. I know with my husband, just the other day, I was talking to him, I'm like, babe, Please turn off the light. And even as I said it, how many of you felt like, oh my gosh, that's my father speaking. And I said to him, I said, hun, it's not a poverty mentality. It's just that because electric has gotten so expensive, I want to choose to use that extra bit of money someplace else. On my grandbabies, I don't want to give it to the electric company. So if we don't need two lights on in the room, let's just turn one. Let's try to be romantic, but let's find a way. And that's what we want to do with investments. We want to find a way to make them work at the highest capability so they're so efficient for you. So let's start with, I want to go over the different types of investments that are out there. Now, some of you may be like, 
I so already know this. That's awesome. This will be a refresher course, but there are some where maybe you're getting a little bit rusty. So let's talk about them. Now, one of the areas, one of the investments, very common when I see people are retiring is annuities. We just spent a whole bunch of times on, on annuity this month in October. So go back. You can listen to that one when we were talking about, hey, what's your income streams? That's where you would find annuities. But let me give you a quick snapshot just for in case there are some listening that didn't hear that program. Remember the purpose of annuity, and that's what I want to focus on. These are not recommendations. I want to make sure I say that for compliance purposes, not recommending anything, just telling you some of the things that are available. So annuities are either, in my opinion, appropriate in a situation or inappropriate. It's not that they're good or bad, right? A lot of times people will say, oh, annuities are bad. Well, not quite so, because I have an individual who's been using an annuity 20, he was near the beginning of my career, so it was probably 21 years he's had it because we're getting up closer to 25. And it has created a lifetime income stream for him. And that's one of the things when you think annuity, think lifetime income stream. And if they're set up properly, and I know there are so many different annuities out there, but the core of it is turning on a lifetime income stream that lasts your life and the life of your loved ones. Now, here's the deal. You also would want to look at that to make sure, yes, it's gonna cover you, it's gonna cover your loved one, and if you both, God forbid, were going on a trip together, traveling because you're now retired, and they've made one payment to you, and you and your loved one die, who gets the rest? Well, you want to make sure then that's going to go to your beneficiaries. See, long ago when annuities first came out and even pensions, right? They came out and what would happen is they said, here's the deal. We're going to pay you lifetime income stream. Everyone's like, whoop, whoop. I love that. What a great idea. Until they made two payments, the person died and then the company got to keep all the money. So not cool. That's not a good thing. So we, in my opinion, so what we like to do is see if someone is using annuities that it's going to them, their spouse, or their beneficiaries. All the money gets to come back home. The goal is keep the money in the family, right? So that's where annuities are. Now, there are some people that I see, and I'm just going to do a little caveat here, that will take $25,000 and put it in an annuity, and they're like, this is awesome. I'm going to get a lifetime income stream. Okay, it's probably going to pay out anywhere from 3% to 5% of that is your lifetime income stream. So if you're okay with getting about $1,200, $1,250 a year or for the rest of your life or however, whatever the amount is, $500, it's the smaller the amount that you put in the annuity, the smaller the amount you're going to receive. But yet you've tied up the whole annuity, which is why I say appropriate, inappropriate. You're just giving up in exchange for having this lifetime income stream. You're giving up the right to access your money more than 10% a year. And again, don't want to go a rabbit hole. So annuities, what do we think? That's right. Lifetime income stream. Now, that's usually one of the things that a client, one of our clients will turn on when they're like, all right, I'm ready for retirement. But wait, because sometimes some of the annuities that clients can have 
will say, I'm going to keep paying you 6% or 7% a year, every year before you touch me. Well, I'm looking at that and saying, well, look at the stock market. Is that giving you 6 or 7%? What if we go look for lazy money that's not earning that and temporarily leave that one alone? These are things that you would be talking to your financial advisor about. These are the strategies to say, oh, well, do I actually turn that income stream on now? Or do I use the 50000 of cash that's sitting in the bank getting me point nothing? We tend to look for the lazy cash, but we also be careful because we want to have liquidity and we don't want to use up all the cash on hand. I know, lots of balls to be juggling in the air. But you know what? That's part of retirement planning. So understanding what you have. So if you have an annuity, write it down and say, okay, I've got an annuity here. The next one, let's look at stocks. How many of you have stocks? Now, a lot of times people will say, well, stocks, oh, they're so risky. Well, they are. So kind of put it this way in your mind. If I go into the market, whether I'm using stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever I'm using, the stock market's risky. I'm just going to say that again, just in case you didn't pick that up. Stock market is risky. That's why we call it in our office the yellow tank. We proceed with caution. So yes, stocks are risky. Having all your money in one stock and hoping and praying that that's going to work for you could be a risky venture. And that's why that word of diversification comes in. But let's talk about stocks. What are they? Stocks, very simply, is where you get to have ownership in the company. You get to say, I want to buy a piece of this company. I think their product is good. I think what they stand for is good. I think I can make money on this. This is what I want. Now, did you notice when I talked about the product is good, I believe what they stand for is good? Hmm. That's where you need, well, I shouldn't say you need, you can do values-based investing where it says, I don't like what that company stands for. If I invest in that company, they're going to make more money and they're going to use that money to invest in things that are contrary to the way I believe. Stock gives you ownership of that company. So just keep that in mind. Now, some people are like, great, I want to own that company. And since I have ownership, I'm going to pray for that company. That's not the discussion here. The discussion here is what is stock? Stock is an ownership of company. How do you make money on stock? Well, when the stock price and you buy it at $25 a share, and then over time it grows to $50 a share, then that means you made money. Because if you sold it at $50 a share, you're going to pay the tax between your $25 that you bought it for and the 50 that you sold it for, right? So you can make money that way. There's another way you can make money on stocks. You can make money on the dividends of a stock. So that means you usually, this isn't in a company that's a growth company. This is a company that says, you know what? I've made enough money. I'm going to start giving back to those who are investing in. I'm going to give to my shareholders. I don't need to consume all the money that's coming in just to drive my price up. Yes, I want my price to go up, but I also want to give dividends. So here's just something to tuck in the back of your mind. This year, chances are your stock prices may have gone down from the time you were in January to where they are today. You might be thinking, all right, well, I don't have to pay taxes on it. 
Oh, contraire, because during that process, if your stock created a dividend, then even if you didn't have that dividend sent to you, right? You didn't say, call me up and say, Crystal, send me my dividends. You just let me reinvest them. The government says, oh, up, 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 wait. I know your value went from 25 down to 15. So sorry. I don't know if they really say so sorry, but let's just say they say so sorry. But what they're looking for is your dividend. Because if this stock that you purchase is not in an IRA, it's not in a 401k, 43B or any other qualified plans, and we've talked about what a qualified plan is before earlier this month, but if it's in a taxable account, then you could be paying taxes this year. When you get to the end of the year and you're thinking, whew, I made it through this year, hopefully next year's better, just watch when you meet with your CPA or your tax accountant or whoever's doing your taxes, there might be some taxes associated with it. Does that mean stocks are bad? No, it just means stocks are pieces of company that you own that can trigger taxes that hopefully comes because of the growth you have. You know, it's a, it's a bummer. I guess that's not a professional word. It's disappointing when you have to pay taxes, but it's also should be a sign that you have created some good income too. So don't be afraid of the taxes. Just don't pay a penny more than you have to. So make sure you're working with a good CPA. So stocks, we use something called Value Line, which is a system in our office that we love to sit down with our clients. We go through their stock portfolio. We're able to see what the projections are for three to five years. Then we're able to screen them and say, hey, this is the companies you're invested in. What do you want to do about it? Some want to change it completely. Others are like, Nothing. I'm just keeping it. That's fine. So we're going to meet you right where you're at. So don't uh, count stocks out. Would I put every penny I have into one stock? Me personally? No, nope, I probably wouldn't. Now, why is this important as we're talking about retirement? And I realize we're getting to the end of the program and I've only talked about the annuities and the stocks. So yes, that means that next week we're going to continue this discussion because it's so important that we begin to understand the different holdings that we have in our account. The reason why I talk about stocks is that as individuals, so pretend you're retiring this year, right? Everything, well, not everything, many things are down. And you're looking at your stocks and saying, well, I'm frustrated with them. I need extra money, right? Because I've counted what's coming in in my income stream. I've looked at what I need for living expenses. I'm short. I'm going after those stocks because, well, after all, they didn't make me money this year. I would say breathe and talk to your advisor because your advisor needs to look at your cost basis of your stock, meaning what did you buy it for if it's in a taxable account? because you may sell it because you're frustrated, but it may trigger taxes on the other side. So you would sell it while it's down, so now you're not frustrated anymore, and then pay taxes because you did that. So all of those, when you're in retirement, will wanna figure out when is the best time to do that. When a stock is down, does that mean it's not good? Not necessarily. Does it mean it's lazy money? No. And that's the big difference. Lazy money is investments that you have, or cash, I should say, that you have that doesn't have the potential to grow. That's how I view lazy money. It's just sitting there on the couch eating your potato chips, not doing anything for you. 
And if you're in a place where you're like, I need cash, I look, where's the lazy money? Kick it off the couch. And then I look to say, okay. But the truth is, just like life, we have to have a tiny bit of lazy money, right? Don't We can be running, 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 but we do need that time on the couch with the potato chips. Not a huge bag, but with some potato chips to relax, right? So we have to have some lazy money that has the only risk to it is purchasing power risk because we need liquidity. And especially in retirement, you need liquidity. So I'm looking at the clock and realizing, yep, we're at the end of our time together. We talked about the fact that when you're getting ready to retire, you've run the numbers and the numbers tell you, I can do this. Now the next thing you need to do is say, okay, I can do this, right? And you've talked to your boss and now there's a shortage. What do you do with a shortage? You're going to go to that investment bucket, hopefully with your financial advisor, and find out which are the right ones for you to be pulling out in what order so that you meet that shortage. You don't want to pull out something and use that card, use that investment when that one should be holding for a while and continuing to grow. And we'll talk about this more. I want to invite you back next week on our radio program and our, of course, our YouTube channel so that we can go more in depth of the different types of investments that are out there so you can begin to understand possibly what you own. So if you're interested in more in-depth, you want to meet one-on-one, please give our office a call at 518 518- 433-7181 and join us again next week as we will continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.